Hello, Daniel Barnett here from Outer Temple Chambers and welcome to episode 65 of Employment Law Matters, a cornucopia of miscellany. And it's called that because I'm just talking about a variety of different topics today, lots of little things, nothing particularly major. In fact, I'm just sitting here ad-libbing in front of the microphone because normally for these podcast episodes, I have a fairly clear idea of what I want to cover. And I usually have a, a list of bullet points which I want to go through. But today I haven't. I've just pulled out the mic. I'm talking into it and we'll see what comes out. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. First up, um, big kudos to London Central Employment Tribunal at Victory House, or, or more accurately to the Courts and Tribunal Service the, or, and the Employment Tribunal Service, because they sent out a notification a couple of days ago saying that a staff member at London Central Tribunal was ill with COVID-19. They're now at home self-isolating and two other staff members are showing symptoms. And although they're awaiting the results of a test, they're also taking precautions and are at home self-isolating. So uh, it was bound to happen sooner or later. And well done to the Employment Tribunal Service for telling us and not trying to keep that secret. They have said that the three members of staff concerned work back office and haven't been in any public areas. They've also said that they are deep cleaning the areas of the tribunal building that those three members of staff were in. So thank you for London Central for telling that to the wider employment law community. And we wish those three individuals a speedy recovery. Employment Law Matters, the number one business podcast for HR professionals and employment lawyers. Next up, we have a trio of presidential directions and guidance issued by the president of the Employment Tribunals, England and Wales, Judge Barry Clark. They took effect earlier this week on Monday, the 14th of September 2020. The first is a reminder that in Wales, witnesses and parties have a statutory right to speak Welsh in legal proceedings. So if you think any of your witnesses or clients will want to give evidence in Welsh, you should tell the tribunal as early as possible, an interpreter will be arranged if required. The second and the third are both to do with remote hearings. One consequence of the challenges presented by COVID-19 is that many cases are experiencing significant delay in being heard. And to minimise that delay, there's a temporary need for employment tribunals to conduct remote hearings in greater numbers and to do so in respect of cases that normally would be done on a face-to-face basis. I've only done one big case using CVP, the cloud video platform, which is the slightly buggier version of Zoom that the tribunal service uses. And I thought it went remarkably well. I like the way that you see two faces in front of you. So that would either be the judge and a witness or the judge and your opponent. It's the last two people who've spoken, which I think is much better than the Zoom system of having 16 or 20 faces compressed onto your computer screen when most people, frankly, you'd rather not be looking at anyway. So the second is the presidential practice direction on remote hearings and open justice. This sets out the way open justice should be preserved during remote hearings. For example, by witness statements being put up on screen or read out by the witness. It reminds users of the purpose of fully or partially remote hearings. 
essentially where the tribunal office is closed or the rooms are too small to accommodate everyone while social distancing. And it reminds us that any member of the public or press can access a remote hearing by asking the tribunal staff for login details. And the phone number appears on the tribunal cause list each day. The cause list is the list of the next day's cases that's published the afternoon before. And it also tells judges to make sure that the public can see people's evidence in chief, either by placing the witness statement on the screen for long enough to be read, or by having a witness read it aloud themselves. Third up, we have the presidential guidance on remote and in-person hearings. Now, that gives guidance on the factors a judge should take into account when deciding whether to have a remote hearing, a partially remote hearing, or an in-person hearing. Incidentally, if you want to get the links to any of these, I'll pop them in the show notes for you. The factors are set out, quite a lot of factors put there. Uh, there's also some recommended standard directions for remote hearings, and it's, it's really just the practical stuff you need to know. Now, there's some really good guidance on electronic documents, and the presidential guidance does say that electronic documents are now preferred to paper copies, certainly for remote hearings. Good. And uh, it gives a number of points of quite important guidance. So it says pages containing text should be subjected to OCR, so turning it into text that can be searched and highlighted. There should be an index prepared with entries hyperlinked to the indexed document. Pages should appear the right way up in portrait mode. So, uh, in other words, don't have some pages upside down, stating the obvious there. Pages should be numbered so that, including the index, they correspond to the automated PDF numbering system. (laughs) Good luck with that. Every time you insert a new page, that's going to go wrong. It says that significant documents such as letters of dismissal and the sections of the electronic bundle should be bookmarked for ease of navigation. Now, that's a great move, and it's something the civil courts have been doing uh, more commonly in recent years, and it's good that employment tribunals are now recommending this as well. It does, of course, mean that one of the party's representatives are going to have to sit there bookmarking the crucial pages, and I can just see some more difficult representatives either refusing to participate in discussing what documents should be bookmarked or saying you've got to bookmark everything, including all the irrelevances and rather taking the force out of the benefit of having key documents bookmarked. It says that if documents are to be added to a bundle, an electronic bundle, after it's been delivered to the tribunal, the tribunal should be consulted on how to incorporate those new documents because the members might have already started to mark up the electronic bundle provided. That's a real problem. I've sat in so many hotel rooms when doing long hearings, trying to insert PDFs into my electronic PDF because I work entirely off an A4 iPad, a big iPad Pro and a laptop. And although it makes running a tribunal case so much easier, it really is difficult sometimes to insert documents. People tell you it's easy. It's not if you're doing it properly. If a PDF bundle is big, 
it's probably going to be too large to send to the tribunal as a single email attachment. So speak to the tribunal office and find out how to get it uploaded. Uh, it's not helpful, says the tribunal service, says the, says the guidance, for the tribunal to receive a series of separate emails, each attaching different portions of the bundle. Not helpful, classic British understatement. There's also a section in the presidential guidance on what happens if there aren't electronic bundles and you're dealing with paper bundles. So it does say where double handling is necessary of any sort of bundle allowed 24 hours to pass between two different people touching the documents. Uh, and it says that a separate set of documents has to be available for each party or witness in attendance. Don't share documents unless, this is important, unless the participants, the witnesses are gloved in which case it's safer. I'm no medic, but I'd have thought if a person has sneezed on their gloved hand, it's just as likely to, tra to transfer the virus, but there we go. Uh, oath or affirmation cards shouldn't be shared. So the oath or affirmation is going to be read out and then repeated. The tribunal will only accept paper or printed documents handed up by a party if arrangements are used to do that safely, such as wearing single-use gloves. Otherwise, a tribunal can refuse to accept a handed up document. And so on. There are other safety measures in there as well. That's paragraph 30 of the guidance. A couple of other interesting points as well. The courts and tribunal service advises face coverings should be worn in courts and tribunals, and it's a matter for the tribunal's discretion whether to ask a witness to remove their face covering when given oral evidence. That's interesting because um, that suggests there's almost a presumption that witnesses should wear masks, which I wasn't expecting. It also says that during an in-person hearing, the tribunal will provide regular breaks for hand-washing purposes. Win one of Daniel's books. Leave a review on the podcast store now. What else can I talk about today? Well, I just want to say something a little bit personal, if I could. Some of you may know that for the last 10 years, since April 2010, I've been the resident lawyer on LBC Radio. Every week, I've been going into the studio, although I've been doing it from home since, uh, since COVID started, and sitting in the studio with a presenter, most recently Clive Bull, for the last five years, and answering questions that people phone into LBC Radio to ask me. It's been an incredible privilege and I've absolutely loved doing it. Ten years is a long time to do it and I thought they'd be getting fed up with me. But no, as of last week, they've actually given me my own show. So now on Saturday evenings from 9pm, I'm presenting the all new LBC Legal Hour and I'd love you to listen. You can listen uh, live at nine o'clock on a Saturday. You can listen on FM 97.3 on digital radio or on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk or the Global Player app. And you can catch up all shows for up to a week afterwards by downloading the Global Player app from your app store. It's a great show. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible privilege to be able to speak to so many people and to be a presenter on the UK's leading commercial talk radio station. We've just celebrated our highest figures in 47 years after adding 530,000 weekly listeners in the past year for a total of 2.8 million 
weekly listeners and I'm incredibly proud to be sharing a platform with such broadcasting legends as Nick Ferrari, James O'Brien, Eddie Mayer, Ian Dale, Clive Bull and so many more. Please do listen. I'm on every Saturday night live at 9pm FM 97.3 and you can call into the show for answers to all your legal problems. I do pretty much everything, not just employment. I know my day job is employment law as an employment law barrister, but I also cover on the show issues such as consumer law, landlord and tenant, neighbour problems, parking tickets, pretty much anything you want to ask me. Throw it at me, bring it on, I'm game. All the links I've mentioned today appear in today's show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Daniel Barnett from Alta Temple Chambers. You're listening to Employment Law Matters Podcasts, and I'll speak to you next week. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.